Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good walk through Wednesday, Birds fans. You've got Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. We'll keep you Eagles informed and entertained for the next two hours here. And Johnny Mac, I was thinking about this just before our show started today. Uh, you and I do two hours of Eagles content uh, Monday through Friday uh, every single week. As we sit here in the middle of week number 15 in the NFL, there are probably 31 other shows that might not be broadcast on YouTube with the cool backgrounds and everything that we have here on uh, Birds 365, but a podcast of some uh, sort that is uh, dedicated to their NFL team. Is anybody having as much fun as we are? Are we in the uh, Birds feed well, of all these shows across the country that dedicate themselves to their local NFL team? Yeah. Well, Nobody I else think got there's a one team to talk about like we do. Yeah, I think there's 67 Eagles ones. Just uh, we're lucky enough to have a, a bigger platform than most, but I mean, there's so many Eagles shows. Um, yeah, the yeah, I mean, they're all over, and it's you know, it's 12 and one. I, you know, I, I. Monday, we probably, if, if it wasn't our top show, it was one of our top shows live 
Um, and I would like to take credit for it. I would like to give Jody McDonald credit for it, but it's probably got more to do with the 12 and one than the host. Uh, I, I would just, so yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that frustrates me about the fan base. Just enjoy it. This doesn't come around every, um, every year to say the least it's happened twice in franchise history as an example. And by the way, this franchise has been around since 1933. So it doesn't happen that often. And, 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 you know, I, I see that's constant. I, and, and I saw John Kincaid tweet about this and uh, from 97.5 and he, and he's right. I mean, and I say it all the time. I've said it in the past. There, there's such an ingrained underdog mentality in this city that it's tough to realize you're the front runner. It's tough to realize you're the best team. It's tough to realize, um, you know, no, we're not the underdog. Um, as I said, even the the all pro center's got his own <laughs> clothing line, uh, underdog. So, I mean, it's so ingrained in the city. Um, uh, you know, I think it's hard for people to enjoy it, but man, this team is good. I say it all the time. It's so good. And now we got Micah Parsons out there with the clip and it wasn't even, I just tweeted, it wasn't even remotely disrespectful. No, it wasn't. Um, I, I heard the remotely. same thing. I watched the video. It's people just trying to find oh, something. You're tying themselves in a reversal. Tying themselves in a It was a nothing burger. Yeah, he said it was basically a great team. Now, it, you know, I, I, hey, I get the same stuff when, when I said on on Monday at a much lower level uh, about I tweeted out about our numbers, our good numbers, and you know, I got it, back in the day when we first started the show. Back in the day when we first, when I was first a reporter, I would clap back against this stuff. Now I don't even. Uh, uh, do it. So, and you built it on hating Jalen Hurts. Well, you don't watch this show, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even engage in that. I, you know, it, it, it's just, and and before I would have. So it's one of those things you learn. But that's Twitter. That's social media. That's that's what it is. And you know, people think con- constructive criticism is insulting someone. People think. Um, you know, in the in the Micah Carson Parsons, people think saying a good team. What do you want him to say? The quarterback carries the team. The team is great. Right. The quarterback if, if, is a part of that. If they had said that, then the, the oh, they'd be upset about turn, that. Oh, you're not giving the Eagles enough credit. You realize it's a team that's twelve and one, and you're giving the credit to just one guy. Rather, oh, they'd find a way to get ticked off about it either way. Oh, yeah. Whatever Michael yeah. Parsons said, they would find a way to somehow spin it that. He's disrespecting the Eagles because, yeah, that's what they do. You quoted John Kincaid. I'll quote another uh, Philadelphia sports talk show host. That would be one Gary Cobb. Who? Ooh, that reminds me. You should get G Cobb on the show. We haven't had him on in a couple of months. Uh, when when G was a regular host on WIP, he coined the phrase I'd never heard it used before: "Negadelphia." That that's just the way things play in this town. Given the chance between positive or negative, the Philadelphia fan base will find a way to spin something negatively. And I, the first time I heard that, I go, oh, that's just wrong. Why would you go there, G? That's just, and the more I did shows, the more years I spent here in town, the more years I had to deal with 
a certain percentage of the Philadelphia fan base, I, you know, he's on to something. <laughs> there is there is a percentage of the fan base that always wants to find what's wrong. Why either they are being understated, underrated, mistreated, uh, or that the team has just got awful when they're not, when they're good. This team, there's no debate about. So that kind of takes away the edge and the fun for some people. It doesn't for you and me because we enjoy what we do. And I got no problems being positive here at, about the 12-1 Eagles. But there are some people in town that just live to find what's wrong with the situation. Yeah, no doubt. And even with a 12-1 and team, that's not to say we, we nitpick all the time because that's all we can do about this team. And, you know, it probably starts with special teams and it trickles down from there with a few things they don't do at a high level. Um, nobody's perfect. Nothing's perfect. You know, Jalen Hurts talks about the standard all the time, which the standard is perfection, which is obviously not reachable. Um so, you know, there's room to, to, to criticize and, you know, but then it's the, I guess the bounce back, I guess the disconnect is, um, you know, others who, who <laughs> constructively say, and by the way, how do you, I, I, I guess I don't understand that. So I'll pray. How do you say it's such a great team and you talk up uh, everybody in tone, our producers in the same way, he, chipped in the private chat here he thought uh micah was definitely underselling Hertz's contributions i don't know i watched the thing i'm like did i miss something i had to watch play it back three times i you know but here's the problem and this is why nick sirianni and this is why micah shouldn't be doing these shows to be honest uh shouldn't be doing von miller's show this is why nick sirianni doesn't like his players to talk about anything or talk about anything because you can't control the other side. You can't control how it's perceived. Mm -hmm. And I use my... Now, I have a great relationship with Jalen Hurts. A great relationship. So he's got no problem with my constructive criticism. But other people say, you're out there. You're building your platform on hating Jalen Hurts. I can't control that perception of some you know, moron on, on Twitter. I can't do it. So Micah Parsons can't control the perception of all those people who think, oh, he's hating on Jalen Hurts, blah, blah, blah. And then you have this filter, Jody. You have this filter where a group of Eagles fans, and it goes through and it filters through. And by the way, if it works for the Eagles, if they can use it and they think they're disrespected, this is what Doug Peterson did so well in 2017. If you can use it and it works, hey, Use it. And that's why Nick's the way he is, because you can't control the outside perception. That's true. Uh, and perception in some cases become reality. And if I don't believe that the perception is accurate, I'm going to uh, say that uh, I think that the perception is wrong and off. But there can't be too much of a difference despite yeah, people trying to make parsing words and sentiments and reading into them. I guess you can make anything say anything like uh, with the Michael Parsons thing you and I agree on. The 12 and 1. And this goes back to a rant that I had four, five, six weeks ago about uh, football and, and the way you look at an ongoing season. In college football, it actually does matter when they come out with a subjective ranking of the teams. 
because the college football playoff committee are the ones who decide who are going to be the four teams who are going to get a chance to actually decide it on the field. We don't even have to deal with that in the NFL. I get my nose out of joint about the power rankings, and I did during the season. Uh, this whole power football index thing, the ESPN still has the Cowboys as the number one team, annoys the snot out of me. It really is irrelevant. It doesn't matter one iota because the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to play each other in 11 days. And the Cowboys could add to the debate by beating the Eagles. They still will have not gone by the Eagles in the most <clears throat> important area, and that's the standings. We can uh, do uh, nine straight hours of Birds 365, and you'll give your opinion. I'll give mine. We'll get guests on. They'll give theirs. And then we all get the standings out and look at them, and we decide what the hell's happening. They actually decide it on the field. The most important numbers in the 2022 football season are 12 and 1. There's only one team in the National Football League that has those two numbers attached to it, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. So your perception, our perception, people's on the streets' perceptions, people trying to rile people up by overstating, reading into what Micah Parsons had to say yesterday about Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. It all is pretty irrelevant, John, because at the end of the day... Yeah, they get to play each other. They get to play each other. Who knows? They might get to play each other twice because obviously the Eagles are already in the postseason um, and the Cowboys are going to be in the postseason. So they might see each other three times if everything works out correctly. So we're going to know who the better team is. And if you're asking me, and I, I hope people clean out their ears for this, and I've said it for a while now, the Eagles are the best team in football. So, you know, if they bring their A game, I said this yesterday, and someone else, I don't care if it's Kansas City, Buffalo, Dallas, whomever, San Francisco, who I picked to go to the Super Bowl before the season, um, and they bring their A games, the Eagles are winning that game. The Eagles are the best team. Um, If that's disrespectful... (laughs) That's disrespectful. You know, our buddy John Barshard, who we have on the show every once in a while, does a tremendous job. Uh, I tweeted that out. I don't think this is remotely disrespectful, I said. John said, I don't think so either. This is a perfect example of what I was saying. But he wanted to say disrespectful things and stopped himself. Like, I, I mean, that's the perception. See what I'm saying, Jody? I can't right. get into Michael Parsons. But you realize head. you have to take a leap of faith to get there. Yeah. You have to say, I'm reading into. Yes. I, I'm going between the lines. Nothing was actually said. But here's what I interpret yes. he meant to say. Or had he continued, he would have said. Yeah. How the F do you know? Yeah. And by the way, I love John. And John might be right. Maybe he did. But I don't know. I don't know that. I just looked at it and said, this particular video clip is not remotely disrespectful. Then I have another fan who says, yes, it was, and it was purposeful. I, You know, I you can't control the perception, and that's why Micah Parsons shouldn't even be doing that show. But at the end of the day, he said it was a great team. Uh, he, yeah, he talked up to Bonte Smith and A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders. Right. He's very they, close. They, they just move right past that part. Yeah. And just he, zero in on the, he's not giving Hurts enough respect. Yeah. The fact he, that he, he gave everybody else a ton of respect, that goes right by the boards. He, but, he, oh, he, my God, he didn't give the MVP of the NFL enough respect in my eyes. Yeah, and he talked about how good the offensive line was. And, by the way, 
with the Miles Sanders, he was over the top. Guess what? Penn State guy, Penn State guy. It's not it's not rocket science. I, I mean, I, I said it, I tweeted it, I'll stand behind it. It was not remotely disrespectful. Not remotely. Not close. All right, uh, you gave your opinion, I gave mine. We actually have some Eagle stuff to talk about, like uh, the return of uh, an old-time DB. Isn't that so funny? He was just here five months ago, but he's like a forgotten, an old-time friend coming back to join his buddies and his pals. Uh, we do need to get to that, but uh, we've got a great third voice to join us here next, and we'll ask him about perception of quotes and respect and disrespect and the like. Mike Tanya from Football Outsiders is going to jump in with us next. Here on Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondly hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Mac and J Mac. That would be John McMullen and Freddie McDonald. We're hanging with you on a walk through Wednesday here on 
Birds 365, and we've got a friend to join us and add a third voice to our mix. Uh, you should be checking out his stuff on Football Outsiders. Always good uh, whenever we get a chance to catch up with Mike Tanier. Mike, Jody Mack, and John McMullen here. How you been? How was your Thanksgiving? I haven't talked since uh, before Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving, my Columbus Day, my Labor Day. We're all amazing. You guys got to pick up the phone more. We haven't talked in a while. But... I think I think we we've talked to Mike. I could be wrong. I have to look at the calendar. But we we talked to you since the I season. Think we go back to no, not Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. No. I would say before well, maybe the before season, uh, after, after Columbus season. Day. That's yeah. I think so. I think yeah. so. But I'm, I'm not up on the latest gossip. Who is disrespecting? Uh, Michael Parsons was on uh, Von Miller's uh, podcast, and you know, basically <laughs> spent. Uh, a good uh, minute, minute and a half talking about how good the Eagles are. I guess the discussion was Jalen Hurts for MVP, which I think he should be the MVP. Doesn't necessarily mean he's the best player. I mean, I still think Patrick Mahomes, if everything was a vacuum uh, and they had the exact same supporting cast, I think Patrick Mahomes is a better player, but that's not what MVP is about. Jalen Hurts has been tremendous. He basically said how good he was, but he talked up A.J. Brown and Devontae mm-hmm. Smith and the offensive line and his buddy Miles Sanders. Right. He just said they have a great, great team. And somehow a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people frame this as the most disrespectful thing in the world, <laughs> Mike Tanner. <laughs> Sounds like we might be squeezing a little bit too much out of Micah Parsons' comments. Like you said, Penn State guy wants to, you know, yeah. pump up the Penn State guys. Probably – thinks in terms of the offensive line, who he's got to match yes. up against. Probably yeah. in his mind, he's got Malata, he's got Lane Johnson in his mind, not the quarterback, and that's where that comes from. But the MVP debate is interesting. I'll just take one side element of it. Independent of my feelings, you know, right now you can get Patrick Mahomes at plus 200. You take Patrick Mahomes at plus 200. Yeah. So I mean, he's the best player. You know, he's the best quarterback. I shouldn't say the best quarterback yeah. in football. If everything is in a vacuum... But here's the thing about Jalen Hurts, Mike, and this is the impressive thing about Jalen Hurts. If you gave me every quarterback at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. and put everybody in that same vacuum, you know, where would he be on the list? Probably, I don't know. What We talked about it, Jody. Probably 16, somewhere. Yeah. We were talking, can he be top half? Could he be top 10? Oh, he's top 10. That list got a lot smaller Right. For me. Um, and he deserves all the credit in the world for the improvement, for the work ethic, for the season he's having. Yeah. But I, 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 I mean, MVP to me is not just the best players who's having the best season. And part of having the best season is having the best supporting cast. They're not wrong with that. It's a 12 and one football team. If right. they finish 16 and one and he's the quarterback. And I had a boat, which I don't rob Monty, so I'll yell at Rob. Uh, <laughs> give me a boat. Um, I'd vote for Jalen Hurts. And I think some will agree, and some will also take the opposite of that argument and say, well, Jalen Hurts has this incredible supporting cast. Yeah. So does Mahomes, but it is he Mahomes demonstrates without Tyreek Hill, with revolving door at, at receiver, with a bad defense, he's still doing these things. And they will take that. And I, I'll tell you right now, the owner, the, the the voters are kind of like voters in like politics. They come home to the candidate. 
So the candidate they trust, so that, like someone who's like, well, this is traditional. I won't feel foolish three years down the road for this vote. They think in terms of that, and that's going to work in Mahomes. That's a good point. That's a good point. Right. I'll tell you one, one thing. If, the way if, our it's stats, ac- if it's accurate, it's sad. If that's the way a voter actually thinks, but I, I think he's right. It might be sad, but I think Mike is right. Perceived or judged three years from now, screw it. Take that vote away from them. You, you can't be smart <laughs> enough to be in the minute and say, no, the best player in the NFL this season, game's over and done with, crunch the numbers, look at what happened, and vote for the right guy. A couple of years ago, they did that, I think, with Lamar Jackson. Like, they threw all priors aside, looked at Lamar Jackson's season, he won MVP. But, like, last year with Aaron Rodgers, I think that was an example of looking around at all of this, going for this sort of an average Aaron Rodgers year, a year where he was being controversial, et cetera, and be like, well, Mahomes didn't do this. Uh, you know, whoever else was in there last year didn't do this. Let's just vote for Rodgers. And I think that's part of the mentality. I think it's subconscious to a degree. It's not like, well, I'm just a traditionalist, so I'm going to vote for the same guy year after year. It's more like looking at the entire field and trying to weigh these things that's one of the factors. Yeah. Um, you know, if we talk about this team, because one of the other narratives, Micah Parsons is the big one uh, this morning, but a lot of people, and, and we'll continue on the disrespect theme, not a lot, but there's uh, many people, you know, everybody and their mother's got a power rating, Mike. <laughs> what do the analytics say about who the best team is in pro football? Uh, right now uh, because hey there was you know ESPN's football power index if you like that one <laughs> at Dallas number one is that correct Jody am I right or are they just ahead of the Eagles no uh, the Eagles are number three yeah okay. Cowboys were tied for first with the Chiefs I believe it was or was it Bills I forget which AFC team it was uh, and the Eagles were third and then the other AFC team was fourth now they're all very close but the uh, Cowboys were tied with an AFC team and the Eagles were third most likely team to win the Super Bowl. Interesting. Well, I'll give you DVOA from Football Outsiders, purely analytical. Nobody puts a thumb on the scale. Nobody says, well, this or that. Eagles number one right now in DVOA. They're, uh, by the way, which, second which, offense. By the way, for, for our audience that don't know, quick explanation on what DVOA is. Every single play of the NFL season weighted in terms of the importance of the situation. So a third and 10 play is worth more than a, you know, first and 20 play with the, you know, with a 30 point lead, et cetera. So everything is factored, weighted and says how far above average is this team? Okay. So the Eagles are number one in that respect. Second in offense, seventh in defense. 17th in special teams. That's probably no surprise. That's pretty good. There, you, most that, people have them worse it, than special it's, teams. It's trending yeah. up. That's for yeah. damn sure because they weren't 17th best a couple of weeks ago. No, it trended up in the last couple of weeks when uh, Britain came in at punt returner and started getting some decent punt returns. And like the chaos on the coverage teams went away. So Eagles won, by the way. Bills number two. Niners number three. Cowboys four. And I'll tell you one thing about this. Last week, the Cowboys were number one, and the Cowboys were literally number one last week because of that fourth quarter against the Colts. That 35-point, like I was in bed. It was like late in the fourth quarter, and they scored yeah, 33 points. Yeah. And meanwhile, the Eagles in the fourth quarter against the Titans were like, eh, Gardner Minshew, go finish this nonsense out, et cetera. Yeah. And on the one hand, you say, well, that's not fair. That's not – like the, the Cowboys run the score up, so to speak, while the Eagles sit on it. Most of the time 
across a season, the really good teams have quarters like that. Like all great teams put the backup in sometimes or just roll away sometimes. It was evening out. So it's close. But this week, obviously, Eagles taking care of business. The Cowboys goofball game against the Texans. And the Eagles have moved into number one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I always think it, uh, Todd, I think it's Todd Rundgren, the I don't want to work song. Uh, that's yep. the Eagles right now. The starters, <laughs> they don't want to work. So they did it again versus the Giants. So, right. yeah, I I mean, they've been uh, playing at this high level. Um, and, and uh, by the way, I think the Cowboys are a really good team. Yes. I think they're certainly in the count. They're certainly one of the best five teams in football. I want to talk about the two teams that I thought were frauds from day one. And that was the Giants uh, with Brian Dayball, who I think has done a tremendous job with that team. And then Minnesota with that awful pass defense. I I don't know what the hell Ed Donahue (laughs) is trying to watch the Vikings and watch the Eagles because they run the same scheme. And you see the difference between the communication on the back end for one team and another team. But those teams are potential playoff teams in the NFC. Boy, the NFC looks – it's better than I thought it was going to be, Mike, than we probably talked in the offseason. But it's really top-heavy to me with Dallas, San Francisco Eagles. Right. A team with a seventh-round rookie at quarterback right now is by far the third-best team. Yeah. Like with, with not really any competition to the contrary of that. And that's exactly what it is. And you talk about frauds. I, I hate to use the term fraud. Yeah, it's probably harsh, but you know, well, especially you know for what the I'm Giants. Saying. Yeah. Like, like the Vikings are out there and they're dancing around after these victories. And it's like you, you are going, you look like you're going to collapse at any time and you think you're a Super Bowl team. The Giants are out there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's house money. We got to, you know, we got to come back. You know, we're not in last place. It's really good for them. But the Giants, when they had like their original roster for the season, was not good at all. No. But Dable could coach it up. When the backups came in for injuries, that was it. Like there's nothing else that like Brian Dable or his staff or anybody could do with these guys who are coming in who are backups to the bad starters. And you saw that last week. I mean, there were like maybe five or six guys who belonged on the same field as the Eagles for most of that game. And for the rest of it, it was just a matter of who's going to be a mismatch in that secondary. What's going to happen when the Eagles have a two-score lead and you can't be like, oh, we'll run options with Saquon and Daniel Jones, and that's how we'll stay in the game. And you kind of saw the result there. All right. Uh, as Bill Parcells famously said, you are what your record says you are, and the, <laughs> Eagles, and the Eagles are 12-1. and one. But I think we can all agree that you can be a certain record but trending one way yes. or trending the other. Detroit Lions going to make the playoffs? And if they do, is that a team you want no part of come postseason? You know, it's funny because there's always that this is the team no one wants to face in the playoffs, you know, the sleeper team. And your first inclination would be like, I don't want to face Tom Brady in the playoffs. That would be your first inclination. And then you look at how that Buccaneers team plays week in and week out. It's like, you know what? Give me Tom Brady. Give me Tom Brady because I think we can take a 25-point lead on him in the fourth quarter and he won't be able to come back from that. The Lions are interesting. Right now, Football Outsiders playoff odds, they have a 20.7% chance. They have a 20% chance of making the playoffs. Okay. They probably dug themselves too deep a hole. If they get there, that defense is still pretty weak. I feel like a team like the Eagles will get there on that defense. I think a team like the Cowboys will get enough sacks and pressure on Goff to get mistakes, et cetera. But in terms of what they're building overall, 
I believe in the Lions for 2023. I believe in the Lions as a structure of the franchise and the Dan Campbell regime. I'm writing about that, by the way, for the New York Times today. Um, but for this year, I feel like they're fun. I think they're going to come up just short. It's going to be either the goofy commanders or the goofy giants, depending on Sunday night. Yeah. Third wild card spot. I'm and I'm betting on the fighting Taylor Heineke's in that game. Um, I I think the Commanders are are better than the Giants, but we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, one thing I'm concerned, and and Jody knows, I was higher on Detroit than most people because, you know, when you pick that high in the draft, so many years, all of a sudden you wake up and say, hey, we got some pretty good players. Right. Um, but you know, I think they're going to lose Ben Johnson. He's one of those guys who. You know, young, innovative. I look at that game last week, and it was a big win for them. And and again, you're playing a, a team that's just the worst in the NFL against the pass, and Jared Goff is throwing the football all over the place. But they still had to use a fake punt with our old buddy Dave Bipp, and they still had to <laughs> use Panay Sewell on a on a uh, tackle eligible play, and he's tremendously athletic to convert. Right a third down and it was a great play call, but I mean, it's gimmicky. It's not something you can uh, foundationally rest your, your right. foot on and, and beat a team like the Eagles or the Cowboys or the 49ers. So I, I do think there's still some steps that Detroit has to take. And I'm not sure Dan Campbell can take them. I'm not trying to help you with the New York times, Mike, but I'm not <laughs> sure he can take them without Ben Johnson. I think Ben Johnson is the key to that Lions team. I think what's been exciting is that Johnson was sort of found as like the tight end coach on that team, was promoted, was rapidly promoted to play caller when I think Campbell realized what he got. And besides all the goofy stuff with Dan Campbell, when he's got the coaches that he realizes can do the job, he gets them their opportunities. And the kind That's of thing, true. Yeah, and That's the same true. thing kind of happens with the players. Yeah, you know, A guy like Malcolm Rodriguez, like a fourth or fifth round pick, they isolate him right away. Oh, my God, you're going to be our starter at linebacker. We're going to push – other guys that we were paying aside to give you these opportunities and response to them. So that's good process and that's good structure. And that's going to help them in the long run, but you're right. You know, Jared Goff's still the quarterback. He's still going to max you out in the middle of the pack receivers. Besides Amon Ross, St. Brown, they don't have a lot. They, that's well, Jamison's coming, man. Jamison, yeah. Yeah. He's and he had a big touchdown yeah. um, in that game. So I right. think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, yeah. So that's going to rise up two first round picks. One of them is the Rams pick next year yeah, yeah and they have a lot of bodies they need to get on defense because they don't have a lot in the secondary right now Aiden Hutchinson's like their best pass rusher he's a rookie he's hot and cold yeah. they need just more more bodies more more talent on that team all right Mike um who's gonna be the hotter NFL head coaching candidate this offseason Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson or Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen I think it's Steichen I think they're gonna people are gonna look to him a little more experience, first of all, rising through the ranks, is doing this, has, has done this for two years with a team that's been a playoff team for two years that had no expectations last year, and also has demonstrated sort of a flexibility in the things he can do with a running quarterback. I'm looking at one example of a team that could be in the market for a head coach next year, the Arizona Cardinals, okay, who might want somebody to say, oh, we could work potentially with Kyler Murray, who's hurt, but they're probably, they got to bring him back. Shane would be a possibility there. The Denver Broncos. We need somebody who can come in and put some things yeah. together that Russell Wilson will be comfortable with, happy with moving forward, that let him move around a little bit, but also create these other opportunities. That's a that's a likely place for Steichen. I'm, I'm not going to say Ben Johnson isn't in the mix there, 
it might be a year away for him, or it might be a thing where he's on the tier right below the Eagles offensive coordinator. And he's the guy people go to when they can't get who they want. You know, uh, Nick gave uh, Shane the baton, so to speak, for the Chargers game last year. The Eagles lost that game. I think it was 27-24, but they were in it. They played well. And then since that day, they've lost three games, three regular season games. (laughs) Wow. Um, They lost the Giants game, which we all talk about, Jalen Rager and the drops. They played very poorly, but they still had a chance to win the game if Jalen Rager catches the football. Then they lose to Dallas when they weren't playing anybody, right. getting ready for the playoffs, and then they had the one loss this year. That's Shane Steichen as a play caller. If people start to notice that, I, I don't know where, but he's going to get a head coaching job. So yeah. my question is, can the Eagles suffer the attrition of losing both coordinators? Because <laughs> Jonathan Gannon got three interviews last year in the coaching hiring cycle. I don't know. I don't have my finger on the pulse of who else is on the staff. We're rising up through the ranks. Okay. And unfortunately that's just part of success in the NFL as part of success of if you're the team with the first round by. Yeah. They get the interview. Oh, they get the interviews. They yeah, get you're right. Interviews. So you, you almost want to be the, the, the wild card team try hard that works its way up. And by the time, uh, you know, the interview process is done, like, Oh, we've already hired guys. We don't want your guys. Like that's how, how some of these teams have kept their coordinators along the way. So, I don't know, but at some point you do have to trust structure again. And Nick Sirianni has shown like he does delegate. He does, you know, put these guys in position. You hope that kind of like in that Andy Reid method, the next people coming up are ready for the task that's going to be put in front of them. All right, Mike, I'm going to apologize ahead of time before I ask this question, because it's probably going to lend you to an answer that someone's going to perceive that you are disrespecting someone. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, so, so I'm apologizing ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Three very talented pro bowl level, all pro level wide receivers oh. were traded this off season. Okay. One was Tyree kill. One was Devontae Adams. One was AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Of the general managers that acquired those players, who made the best deal? Howie. Howie has something in place that he knows he's doing a win more, next step type of maneuver. Doesn't pay through the nose. I mean, Tyreek Hill was a, a, cost a lot more draft picks. And with good reason, you understand why. Um, and, and it's a very specific need for the Eagles. The Eagles needed a number one receiver that could work the middle, could work the short game more, so that you aren't putting guys in that position who couldn't really do that. So you get A.J. Brown, you get it for a manageable price of draft picks, you have a manageable price in terms of salary moving forward, and you get exactly what you paid for along the way. So the Raiders I wouldn't put in this discussion because the Raiders thought they were like a playoff team or a Super Bowl team and spent that way, and they're, they're goofing around at the bottom of the, uh, uh, yeah. of the standings right now. And the Tyreek Hill thing is just very complicated. It's very complicated. It was a great acquisition, but you see what's kind of happening with the Dolphins right now. Yeah, great player. I mean, yeah. Tyreek Hill. Devontae Adams is great. I mean, yeah. I they the problem with the Raiders isn't Devontae Adams. It's everything else they do around yes. Devontae Adams. So, you know, it's not the vacuum. We talk about the vacuum all the time. What Howie's done well, yeah, he made – the deal to get A.J. Brown has been tremendous. I think he's the sort of final piece to the puzzle on the offensive side. And everything else uh, fell into place. 
but he's done so many other good things. I mean, defensively, Hassan Reddick and, right. and Kaiser White and James Bradbury and, and even decided, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson before he got hurt, right. even deciding, you know what, Marcus Epps is a good player. We're going to make him a starter, even in-house decisions. Um, I, I, defensively is what I want to talk. You mentioned number seven, and in, in, in which, uh, to be honest, I thought was a little bit low. Um, I expected it to be a little bit higher. Um, when you look at this Eagles defense, I have a tougher time figuring out. We all know Jalen Hurts, MVP candidate. I've been asking this all week of people. Who's the MVP of the Eagles defense? Don't know. That's very tricky. You know, Reddick has been a big addition. Both Slay and Bradbury have played very hard. I don't know. I don't really have an answer for you along the way. Um, I will tell you this. I just looked up team defense. You were asking. Eagles are seventh in Football Outsiders DVOA. Second against the pass to the Cowboys, who's, you know, pass defense. Is yeah. like a million sacks, so the Eagles now have more sacks. It feels like the Cowboys have more pressure. Eagles are 24th in run DVOA. Part of that was that midseason thing when, you know, Davis was hurt. Sue and Joseph yeah. weren't here yet. Uh, Fletcher was playing too many snaps and it really showed along the way, but that's still like in the resume for the Eagles. And that's where they are. But in terms of the defensive MVP, I don't know. I would probably just default it to slay, but CJ, uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was playing like, I think at an MVP for the defense level for the Eagles. Leading the league in interceptions. I mean, and right. that's, an, and they picked him up on the eve of the regular season and right. threw him in there and switched his position, by the way, played nickel corner. Well, uh, with the Saints. That's just a great idea. I didn't mention Brandon Graham's been having a heck of a year. Yeah. Just kind of take him for granted. I take him for granted. That was a great example, Gardner Johnson, of you've got this team, the New Orleans Saints, has mismanaged its cap in a million different ways. And they're not sure whether they're coming or going. Are we really a playoff team or are we a rebuilding team? We don't know. Jameis Winston is our quarterback and et cetera. And you just grab him kind of like just, oh, it's a, and Bradbury was the same way. Cap dump, cap dump, give us a pick. We give you this guy. And you, you, when you're alert to that kind of thing as a GM, it pays dividends. You get these guys, pennies on the dollar. It's not splashy. It doesn't make headlines. But it's such a value added for your defense that you create a season like what the Eagles are having. All right, Mike. Um, no disrespect to the Bears, because I okay. think Eagles <laughs> are going to beat them on Sunday. Uh, no disrespect to the Cowboys, because I think the Eagles are going to beat them on Christmas Eve. Uh, but if those two things come true... And the Eagles have everything locked up, guaranteed home field advantage throughout the mm -hmm. NFC playoffs. No home field advantage in the Super Bowl because we all know we're going to Arizona. Um, how do you think the Eagles will? How do you think they should handle those last two games of the regular season with really nothing to play for? They've kind of tipped their hand on how they believe you should handle players and protect them from injury and the like, but you're looking at three straight weeks of no yeah. games, two games and a bye week thrown in there. How do you think it'll shake out for the birds? If, and I know I'm granting them victories before they've ever yeah. played. And yeah. this is my favorite hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> if they win the next two, how will the Eagles handle the last two regular season games? Well, I, I'm a believer in if it's two games of rest and a bye, you probably want a couple of series in one of those games for everybody. Okay, a little bit to keep everybody from falling completely off the uh, off the, the rails. And the other side of that is, like, guys over 30 probably don't need that. 
So it's a push ball. And what I would say is if if Kelsey and Lane Johnson are not playing, quarterback should not be playing. Okay. And then you have to look at and ask the question, what will Kelsey and Johnson, Lane Johnson need at the end of the season? They will probably need rest. That's probably in their best interest to get some rest along there. And you play it according to that. So th- that's my mentality. The idea, you, you want to protect Jalen Hurts. You want to protect A.J. Brown. Your number one thing is you want a healthy and rested <laughs> offensive line for the playoffs. What does the offensive line do? Obviously, Lane Johnson's got an injury right now. He could be playing hurt in the next couple of weeks. If he's like, man, I need to sit out, boom. <laughs> that's down, your right? priority. Rest the, those guys and say, Gardner Minshew, you're going out there with the backups. It's not about rust right now. It's about health. That's the variable you can control. All right, Mike, it's a weekly tradition on Birds 365, so I'm going to bring you in on it. Uh, it. It seems to happen at least every week, and and that's uh, Players of the Week. Um, and every week, it seems, the Eagles have a Player of the Week, and that is the case today, and it's somebody you just mentioned. The Defensive Player of the Week in the NFC is Brandon Graham. I so I just wanted to announce that for the fans, but we do it every week, it seems, here on Birds 365 because <laughs> yeah. it comes out uh, Wednesday morning. I, I do want to talk about um, who the Eagles are going to be playing in Glendale. So let's go an optimistic route and talk about the AFC side and the Super Bowl. Now, it might come down to uh, who's going to be the number one seed that toggles between Kansas City and Buffalo, but. If, if there is going to be another team, if there's going to be a surprise team, Cincinnati again? Yeah. Yes. The, the, the non-surprise surprise team. The most surprising team to have almost won the Super Bowl yeah. last year. Yeah, exactly. And to be 8-4 yeah. and, four and a great yeah. young quarterback and one of the best receiving cores in the NFL, et cetera. That would be it. They're playing probably better football than the bills and the chiefs right now. Certainly the bills who are a little bit wobbly, especially after the Von Miller injury, some of the other injuries they've had They're they're like at three quarter strength and the Bengals kind of got all their injuries out of the way in the first half of the season. So, uh, you know, I I haven't looked at the odds right now, but it's a three team race between those. And I would put the Bengals right up there with them. DJ reader, who is a phenomenal defensive tackle. Yeah. Came back from injury a couple weeks ago. Like we lost track of the fact that he was hurt because Jamar Chase was hurt, and that's the headline. Reader comes back and he's he's stopping the run like almost single handedly uh, with the help of some of their young linebackers against these opponents like the Browns who want to run the ball against them. That's a difference maker. The fact that they figured out their offense, that their offensive line is playing well now after like stinking it up for the first two or three games. That Joe Barrow has discovered you can check down sometimes. That's okay. It's okay to, to check down when Jamar Chase and everybody has, has got the defense playing 30 yards on his heels. That's a positive sign. We know what the Chiefs and Brown, Bills are, I think. The Bengals are right in the, in, the, in the tier with them. And I noticed that last weekend, two weeks running now, the Bengals shut down King Henry one week mm-hmm. and then Nick Chubb the second week. Right. Everybody always immediately defaults to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase when they talk about the Bengals. Yeah. Their run defense is the reason that they're right there with Kansas City and Buffalo. They played great run defense the the last couple of weeks. All right. Um, I don't think we've mentioned this guy's name yet. Brock Purdy. Uh, we talked a little at the top about how you rank the NFC teams and San Francisco's in the mix, mostly because of their defense. But I watched both of his games the last two weeks. For a guy who was selected with the last pick in the draft to be able to come in as a rookie and come in and just guide the team. You're not even asking him to put the team on his back. Just right. 
don't mess it up, kind of be Jimmy G. That's not an unreachable bar to be Jimmy G. And Purdy has done that for two weeks. Do we not give him credit for that? Do we not give Shanahan credit for having a guy that they took with the last pick in the draft and having him able to be able to step in and, and keep the offense going the way it has? I think Purdy deserves credit because he's been very athletic and alert in this bad situation and has risen up through the ranks. He kind of, you know, took over, beat Nate Sudfeld, for example, for that job. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a tough one. They should have kept Nate Sudfeld. The unstoppable Nate Sudfeld. The unstoppable, the the, the Prince of August, Nate Sudfeld. Shanahan gets all the credit in the world from me in terms of some of the things he does. I, I don't know. I know 49ers fans, the moment that team loses a game, once Shanahan shipped off the sea. And I don't understand. That is amazing. That yeah. guy is so good. Right. So right. good. And in terms of just a pure game planner, game scripter, there may be nobody better. In terms of here are my guys, here are yours, here's the script, here's all the ways we're going to stress your defense and get to the ball to these playmakers. There's no one better. And he's got, had a phenomenal defense, and their defensive coordinators keep rising up, and, and he delegates that. I think they've done a tremendous job. I guess the, Vegas is giving them plenty of credit. Vegas yeah. has them neck and neck with the Cowboys, last I checked, behind the Eagles to win the NFC. They don't care that it's Brock Purdy. So yeah. at the end of the day, I don't, I can't necessarily care what like random fans or people who do power rankings think. Football outsiders thinks this. We think this. Vegas thinks this. That's kind of that's what that, what that's what it means. But here's my uh, 49ers additional point: Depot Samuel's going to miss a couple weeks. Yes. They haven't come out and put a timetable on it. But uh, what was the quote that Chen had yesterday? three games-ish or something yes. like that. So, uh, yes. he, he didn't want to say anything, but he wanted to give them a little something, something. So in other yes. words, you're going to miss a couple of games. Uh, should be back by the time the playoffs roll around. We thought this kind of a little bit about, uh, both John and myself thought this about uh, Dallas Goddard when he went down. What would be the domino effect? How yes. are the Eagles going to replace him? He is a guy who seemed almost irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. And then the Eagles went out and put up 35 points and 40 points. So, oops, McMullen and McDonald's wrong. <laughs> they did just fine without Dallas Goddard. Right. You going to say the same thing about Debo Samuel out of the 49er, 49er lineup for the next couple of weeks? Can they just uh, look in another direction, formulate the very good head coaching uh, system and plans? Can they just move on without Debo Samuel? We know they're going to get him back. Yeah. What's that 49er offense going to look like the next couple of weeks without Debo McCaffrey. Kittle, yeah. just in terms of guys who catch those little passes and move. Okay, just the guy. Don't guys forget who, Brandon Ayuk too. You know, and Brandon they Ayuk is they're more yeah. traditional receivers yeah, yeah, yeah. come around this year. The young man Gray, who is I think a third or fourth round pick, gives them the one vertical shot per game that they take. And I think Purdy actually I think has a better arm than Garoppolo, so they can fool around with that stuff. I think there is enough there, especially now. I'm going to tell you right now, I am all in on the Seahawks uh, tomorrow night. I am all in on the Seahawks. At home, I think Purdy can do a lot of things. I think preparing a seventh-round pick on three days rest for a road game, I think that's a tall order. So I have a funny I, – I am taking the Seahawks next week. But then all you have to do is look past that and say, commanders are a win, Raiders are a win, Cardinals might have fired everybody by the time they get to them at Week 18. So I think the sustainability of what they're doing without Debo is fine, give or take the idea that I think they're more vulnerable on a game like Thursday nights. At Mike Tanier, follow him on Twitter, read him at Football Outsiders. New York Times as well is going to be writing about those uh, Detroit Lions, correct? That's yes. what you said, uh, yes. Dan Campbell, uh, making a late run uh, toward the postseason. I'll, I'll, I'll end it. We'll, we'll 
revert back to the Eagles and say um, offensive player of the year. That's an interesting conversation for me because yeah, MVP has become a quarterback award. Yeah, uh, it's where you get the Tyree kills and um, Justin Jeffersons and Ball players like that. Uh, offensive player of the year because of the unique stats of Jalen Hurts. Maybe not that you were talking about the traditional thought process. Yeah, you know, first quarterback in history to have double digit rushing touchdowns going to have this huge touchdown number you think it could be in that equation the offensive player of the year equation he could be a couple of years ago Mahomes was both MVP and offensive player of the year and there were a couple of years in there where the the second best quarterback got offensive player of the year very recently the thinking again we we all talk to some of these voters and there's like the collective thinking it's turned into the best non-quarterback award really only in the last three or four years yeah and frankly i would like it if they named it that i think the barry sanders offensive player of the year award would be a oh, nice don't play get me play. started with that <laughs> that's what the nba just did that yesterday naming awards after guys you don't like uh, that name who they no. name? who did no. what they do what they do jody who they oh, named the, the, they they attached former player names to all the oh, awards. They, it's now the Will Chamberlain Rookie of the Year award. I I don't even friggin' remember what Will was like as a rookie. He was big and he I, was dominant. I know. I can't tell good. you anything else. Yeah. It was friggin' was sixty years ago. What does an NBA fan today have anything to do with Will Chamberlain? Just, well, maybe it's a good thing. Me. Maybe it's a good thing because they teach him a little bit of history. Well, yeah, Michael Jordan, Tone says Michael Jordan MVP award. Who won the most MVPs? I don't even know. Was it, was oh, it Michael? Jordan, yeah. It is? Yeah. I feel like right. MVP should be MVP and not tied to something. I agree with you. You know, but uh, yeah. But by the way, that I did not expect that to be the hottest pushback take of, yeah. <laughs> of the segment. But I'll, 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 I'll back off of that because I'm not married to it. I think that, yes, Jalen Hurts could be in that conversation. Right now, I'm seeing plus 250. For him, the problem you have right now is that both Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill have very, very strong candidacies. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, two things are happening. The the Dolphins will steer out of the skid, and Tyreek Hill will be a big cause of that. And people will remember that goofy fumble recovery and all these other plays, and that's it. Or the the Vikings steer out of their skid. And even if they don't, the Vikings could, like, fall down the, you know, down the stairs the rest of the season. Jefferson's still going to get his. And it'll be an uphill battle for, for Jalen Hurts. And I don't like it, but Jalen Hurts is going to wind up with one of those other goofy categories like breakout star. <laughs> the ones the, the ones that have a sponsor. Yeah, uh, if you don't, yeah. yeah and, and, and the FedEx breakout star. I don't want to give the Ocean Casino Resort Breakout Star is well, Jalen. Exactly. We'll go that would be awesome. And and oh, by the way, uh, Justin Jefferson should win whatever the hell you want to call the award, whoever it's named after, whatever else, for one reason, one reason only. He was smart enough not to guarantee a victory by the Vikings against the Lions. Jalen Rager, baby. Oh, that Jalen Rager did, but Justin Jefferson did not. Wide receiver four guaranteeing wins. I like it. I like the the ballsy nature of it. I'm I'm glad I'm here in the corner coffee shop where we can just espouse Jalen Rager hate. And (laughs) like, what is your problem? He's a punt returner for like another team. First of all, who's talking to to Jalen Rager during the week? (laughs) He right. plays six snaps a game and he's guaranteeing wins. <laughs> I, I, that's amazing to me. My good stuff. Always, 
Always a pleasure. Let's see. So we got Christmas coming up. So we got you on before Christmas. So we're going to have to get Tanya on the week between Christmas and New Year's because we don't want to miss another holiday. So we got to get him in before New Year's. So so write it down. He's he's like, no, no. You're on vacation. Try to take a couple days off in there. (laughs) More power to you, Mike. When she's off. So yeah. Enjoy your holidays. We'll get you on when the playoffs uh, get underway. We appreciate you coming on with us today. Thanks, bud. Thanks, pleasure. Take care. Enjoy your week, guys. That is Thank Mike Tanya from FootballOutsiders.com, who's uh, A, knows what he's talking about, and B, adds a little personality whenever he comes on. That's why we like having Tanya on. All right, John McMullen, Jerry McDonald. When we come back, J-Mac, before we get our usual Wednesday spot with Mike Gill from down the shore up, I'm going to ask you an NFL draft question. Uh-oh. Because there get, was some NFL up. draft buzz yesterday having uh, to do it's with not the Todd McShay Eagles. related, is it? Oh, yeah. It's time. Oh, it's, man. That yeah. that I will use that how as a long springboard. Has Tom been, how, how long has Todd been doing this? That's all I'll say. I'll, that's as, my tease. Not as long as Mel. Uh, Todd's been not doing long, it a long he's time. Been doing it. Mel's he's been, been doing, doing it long longer. enough. He's been doing it long enough to know better. That's all I'll say. He, he, I would tend to agree. But uh, there's a couple of draft spinoff questions I want to run by you. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. You're listening to Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. 
Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Guys, here on Bird Three Sixty Five. Pull back the curtain for a second for those of you who are streamed in right now. All right, during the break, I run upstairs to get another cup of coffee, and the wife's already up. Which nine o'clock? She's usually up about this time, but she even got up early. She's up before the show started today, and I guess she was having a little breakfast as I'm getting ready to go back downstairs. She says, "Do you want a piece of sausage?" I have a bowl of cereal basically every single day. That's my breakfast. I have cereal every single day. Um, I don't usually eat sausage in the morning. And after she gives it to me, and after I throw it in my mouth, and not a link, just a, a patty of sausage, yo big. Uh, she goes, oh, by the way, it's a little salty. I can confirm that now. Because I have the taste of salty sausage in my mouth like you read about, and you and I have to do another. I can <laughs> school my wife. Don't do that to me. Don't offer me a piece of sausage when I'm in the middle of doing a show. Because you know I'm a pig, and I'm just going to take it, yeah. and now I can't get the taste That's of That's the perils of, of having the home studio, Yeah, Jody. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You might have something like that. Right. So. Sorry about that. I apologize. Um, Johnny Mac, Eagles draft. I know. We've got a game this week against the Bears and then the Cowboys and then two regular season games, which we'll all we'll have fun debating on who's playing and how much should they play and how they're going to handle it. It's it's going to make for good fun uh, football talk uh, here on uh, Jacob Media. But then the playoffs count, and that's really what matters. But then the season is going to be over and done with, and it may or may not end in a parade. And then we all turn the page and get ready for the next year. And Oh, by the way, Howie's got his work cut out for him. A lot of guys, he's got to resign. The Eagles 2023 could look like a completely different team. And oh, by the way, they got two first-round draft picks, one of which will be their own, could be the 31st if they finish with the most wins, win the Super Bowl. And they own the New Orleans Saints pick, which as of right now is rather high in the upcoming NFL draft at number five. And Todd McShay yesterday, they, for some reason, I guess they do that to just to generate conversation. They make it the Mc, uh, Todd McShay show, and they have Mel there to just comment on McShay's rankings. And Kuiper's been there longer, and the, the, the more high-profile draft guy that they had, but they made it the Todd McShay show. I'm not sure why, but... It, well, it, I, I, I'm guessing they go back and forth, and then McShay... Oh, you think the next one's going to be yeah, uh, yeah. Kuiper? Yeah, and yeah. and McShay will just uh, yeah exactly and, uh, yeah. Primp, uh, pimp and pride. Okay, maybe you're right about that. Um, but uh, it, was, it was specifically McShay's selections at each and every spot, and he had the Eagles at number five taking Bijan Robinson, the very good back from the University of Texas, who came into the year as the number one ranked back, comes out of the year as the number one ranked back. Uh, he had a very good season for Texas. They uh, played Alabama very tough, but then they went back to being Texas, which is good, but not in the national championship picture. 
Uh, Bijan Robinson couldn't get them there. Uh, when Bijan's guy will find out if uh, uh, one of the Manning's offspring can actually lift Texas to those high heights again and yeah. make the college football playoffs. Um, but the Eagles using the fifth pick in the draft to take a running back, John McMullen. Your thoughts? My thoughts are, you know, Todd's been doing this long enough. You know, this early in the process, my and again, I'm just speculating. I'm I'm guessing they don't even look into needs or history that much. Or oh no, they absolutely do. McShay said yesterday uh, that with uh, Miles Sanders as a free agent at the end yeah. of this. Season, well, then that's even worse. I mean, if you don't know the Eagles' history and you've been doing this for as long as Todd has. And you don't know how they do business with this GM who's got a large sample size. He ain't taking a running back at number five. Never, never, never. If he thinks the running back is the best player, he will trade out. He will trade down for somebody else to get more value. It's about valuation. It's not just the player himself. They would never, ever, 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 Ever. How many evers can I get in there? You got a Take bunch. a running back at number five. The closest they were, and I say this all the time, and they were in 2017. I believe they had the 14th pick. That was your, that was the day Jody Max uh, life changed because they brought in Derek Barnett. Um, I believe it was 14. They were going to take Christian McCaffrey if he fell. He didn't come close. There's a big difference between 14 and five, though. They do not believe a running back position is valuable enough to pay that number, that contract at that level. Never, 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 never would they take a running back. I I tend to agree with you across the board. I was kind of surprised by uh, McShay's going there. And, oh, by the way, and that's what they pay us the $4 an hour here on Birds 365 to do is give you our evaluations as well. I don't think he merits being looked at at that. Forget the fact that the Eagles are sitting there at number five and they've got a track record on how they value running backs. Do you really think B. John Robinson is the fifth highest rated? Well, I can't, I, I can't even, you know, I admit, I don't even get into the draft until after the season is over. So I, 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 you know, I'd be just talking out of my you-know-what at this point of saying who's the best. I know Jalen Carter is going to be, you know, maybe the best positional player. Uh, we know the quarterbacks, but I don't even look at the draft until the NFL season is over. Uh, so I don't know if that's where he belongs. Um, you know, there are certain running backs, Saquon back in the day, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Right, but let me, Who, let, me, let me stop you right there. Back in the day. You're right. Saquon Barkley has now become back in the day. It was five years ago. So put the Eagles aside who have that fifth pick, and you and I both share the same opinion about how the Eagles look at running backs. How about the league and how they look at running backs? Look, there's always dumb teams. Like Saquon's a really good player. Really good player. There's no – in no world in this era should he have been the second overall pick. Ezekiel Elliott was a great player for many years until the descent started. I believe he was the fourth pick. Um, No way. You know, the smart teams, no way 
are they taking a running back that high? There's a lot of dumb teams, Jody. No, well, then uh, somehow they all disappeared, John McMullen, because in the last four years, the first running back taken off the board after Saquon Barkley went number two to the Giants, number 24, number 32, number 24, and exactly zero running backs were taken in the first round of the draft last year. Yeah, so and that's where there like, are dumb teams out there, well, but there they've all dumb. gone into hiding over the last four years. They're not as dumb as they used to be because no one picked a running back in the top 23 picks of the draft. And I don't see Bijan Robinson as this difference maker now. Well, I'll and admit, that's where that's where I don't know enough about the player. I'm saying there were no Saquon Barkley's talent wise over the last three years. Um, I do know that there were no Ezekiel Elliott. So when you have that type of talent, that's in the equation, excuse me for being a top 10 pick Christian McCaffrey. When you have that type of talent, that's, that's the test. It's easy when you don't have that guy, when you have Saquon, it's difficult. And, and there's where the dumb teams factor in. Um, And Dave Gettleman, the giants look great player, tremendous talent. Dumb pick. Dumb pick. I said it that day. I said it every day since. So, so wait a minute. Should they have taken Sam Darnold? Uh, I'd have to look at the draft and where they were. Um, it wasn't that you double don't, pick. It, it really it's wasn't. Got, it's got to do with the, 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 the position, number two overall. Uh, you just don't do it in this era. And it's proven to be correct. I mean – it's not like I'm yeah, saying this, I'm this some This era genius. is coming back around, John. The NFL in general is running the ball more than they yeah. used to. Yeah. Well, and that's part of 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 the give and take, and that there is a bit of a a pendulum effect. But I think most teams realize that's not the way to build uh, in today's NFL, um, and they're right for the most part. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's always that pendulum and, and people change. And now everybody, I talk about it all the time. Everybody's playing the Fangio defense. That will change. Too many teams, it will. there will be a tipping point. Just like Tony Dungy, Tampa 2, there was a tipping t- point. Uh, Pete Carroll, cover 3, there was a tipping point. There will be a tipping point for this this scheme and, and, and the way they play the game right now as well i can't tell you what it when it's going to be i did you know sam darnold obviously i did pull it up was not a great pick uh as you know uh but then you had denzel ward bradley chubb quentin nelson phenomenal pick josh allen and by the way bradley chubb did zippity doodah sunday night for the dolphins that was supposed to be he no but i mean if he played they never called his name all of a sudden, he's become a nothing since he got to Miami. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'll fight you off. I think the Saquon Barkley pick was fine. Uh, I think he uh, was that talented, that good, that you could justify taking Well, they messed two. up. I mean, that was a bad quarterback draft in hindsight. Baker went one. Sam went three. Josh Rosen went ten. So, right. you, you know, want to problem- go down the list, Josh, Josh Allen is the guy. Josh Allen was the one good In 2020 one. hindsight, yeah. Um, he was the guy they should have taken, but again, the, the day after the draft, I don't know how many people threw up their hands and go, Oh my god, no. Josh Allen was available, and the Eagles and the Giants took Saquon Barkley. I didn't well, say it, so and, I, I'm and, not and gonna that's, go back and you know, 
Look, everything's hindsight. I always say you can go back in any draft, and unless you get the best player, you can play that game. So in a lot of ways, it's not fair. But when you're picking number two and you don't have a trade, in, a, in other words, you're picking number two on merit, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, there's plenty of good players in that draft um, that they could have taken that would have helped them more. I mean, that's just that's just the way it works. I'm just saying you don't take a running back at number two overall in this era. You don't. Yeah, but see, I thought Barkley was that special. I thought he was that special a talent that he merited going that high. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think B. John Robinson is that kind of talent. For the Philadelphia Eagles or anyone else to go in the top five picks in the draft. And I'll give you one other thing from this special that they had on ESPN. And I, I, I had to get out the door. So I only stayed to like 10 or 11 or 12 or somewhere thereabouts. They both, cause uh, like I said, it was McShay's list. And then Kuiper commented on it. They both had four quarterbacks going in the top 12 picks of the draft that, Stroud and Young with a one and one A, whatever order you have them in. Most have Young on top and Stroud second. I have Stroud on top and Young second. And they both had Will Levis from Kentucky and Anthony Richardson from Florida still staying in the top 12 picks in the draft. Eagle fans, pray that this is accurate. Because with the fifth pick in the draft and the fact that Howie Roseman loves to wheel and deal on draft day, if you're sitting in a position where a quarterback can be drafted and a needy team feels they need to move up and maybe not only pay, but overpay for it, hope that that's the case. And how we will walk away with more draft capital again by trading down, dealing down, uh, giving someone that pick, getting another pick and maybe another future first round pick. If you're asking me, and I do pay attention to college football on Saturdays, I, I'm not Rick Saratella with the NFL Draft Bible, but I do generate my opinions on college players and what they're going to translate to when they get to the pros. I think there is a cavernous drop-off in the quarterbacks in the draft after the top two. The top two should go one-two in my mind for this upcoming draft class, and then there isn't another quarterback that deserves to go in the first round. None. Not Will Levis, not Anthony Richardson, not anybody. But if there is such a you and cry for quarterbacks to be taken, there's such a big need for teams that they're willing to take risks and listen to Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and, and say they're justified picking them that high. Just hope that that's the case, Eagle fans, because Howie Roseman will spin that into oh, gold. Yeah. Howie, and if, if somebody wants a running back at number five, Howie will spin that, my man. Howie... And, you know, looking at it, this has probably proves my point a little bit better. Why you don't take – and by the way, I'm not criticizing Saquon Barkley's talent level um, at all. Uh, the, you know, people – again, there's misperceptions. The 35th pick in that draft was Nick Chubb. That, that is what NFL teams have correctly – most NFL teams have correctly ascertained – there's no drop-off. Uh, th there's a drop-off talent-wise. Saquon's more gifted than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has been much more effective. Now, a lot of things come into that. He's been on better teams. He's been healthier. Much more effective. And he was the 35th pick in the draft. So that's and, – and you can get good running backs in the second round, third round. Some teams have gotten him even deeper. 
that's why you don't pick a running back at number two overall. Uh, and uh, I will stake my reputation on the quarterbacks in this draft two years from now, four years from now, six years from now, eight years from now. After the top two, big time drop off. And the beauty of it is, I'm not even in love with the top two, to be honest. I, I you know, people were talking about how bad last year's draft was, and it was. I mean, it was it was bad quarterback draft, and they were saying how good this year's was. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't sit and look at Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and say, "Oh, that's Andrew Luck. That's you know Trevor Lawrence." I don't. Th- I, I, I don't. don't th- I don't that. think anybody has said that about either of those two. Yeah, I don't. But compared to last year, yeah, it's better than last year. I just don't think, and and it's very early in this process of it. I don't think this is a great quarterback draft at all. Oh, I think it's a two-person quarterback draft. I think both of the guys at the top are very good. I think they uh, will be franchise quarterbacks in this league. The others, you can have them. Uh, not a fan of any of the others. Uh, and as per Kuyper and McShay, and I'm showing them their, their props because they've been doing it for a long time, and I know how hard they work on this. I was at ESPN Radio. Kuyper used to come on my show all the time. Uh, so I like Mel and I appreciate Mel and I give him credit for all the work he's done all these years. I remember when Mel would pick up his phone, you'd order Mel's book and he'd be talking to Mel. Exactly. Uh, he is in love with Will Levis. He thinks Levis is the best quarterback in the draft. Not what I saw this week, this year in Kentucky. Oh, he's injured. The offensive line with Swiss cheese. All of his guys uh, left him. He had no targets. Well, okay. If you're that good, you lift the talent around you. He didn't lift Kentucky anywhere this year. Uh, so I was surprised by that. But Eagle fans, that's good news. Because if Howie Roseman's got a pick in his back pocket that he can turn around and spin for a desperate team, and the teams do think Will Levis is going to be a star quarterback, take advantage of him, Howie. All right, uh, John McMullen, Johnny McDonald, Udy on Birds 365. We're headed down to shore next. Mike Gill's going to join us, our buddy from the Sports Pass at 97.3 ESPN. He's up next on Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles 
Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Wednesday edition of Birds 365. You're on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Jody McDonald, John McMullen, and Mike Gill, a weekly contributor here for mm-hmm. us, who is popular on the stream. Mike, I know you see him when you come on uh, after, sometimes after you, you're over and done with. They, they, they're Mike Gill fans here on the stream. I'm going to try and change that. Um, <laughs> Mike Gill of the Sports Bash on 97.3. ESPN Radio. ESPN, the outlet that continues to put out analytical ratings that say the Dallas Cowboys have the best chance to win the Super Bowl this year, not the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Mr. On ESPN Radio, your (laughs) thoughts on the Power Football Index of ESPN. I don't don't think Mike's involved with that. No. I'll let Mike talk for him. No, I'm like guilty by association here. Um, Yes. Yes. We are just an affiliate. We are not owned and operated by uh, ESPN. Yeah, I mean, look, I know a lot of people watching this show can relate to any outlet that puts out these percentages. You're watching a game, and it's like there's a 93% chance – so-and-so is going to win. According to what? I mean, <laughs> who is baking these numbers? I know when you set your fantasy football, Jody Mack, you're a CBS guy. I hear you on the national. When they tell me Justin Herbert was going to score 27 points in fantasy this week and he only got me 19, well, where'd they come up with that number, buddy, CBS? I don't know where these numbers come up from. I think it's more fodder. Uh, they love to get at the crawls of the Philadelphia fans. They know that we take these numbers personally, and yet they can't figure out how they come up with them. Uh, But in the end, don't we like this? Don't we like being the underdog? Isn't it like a 12-1 and team that nobody likes and nobody thinks is good enough? Isn't that exactly what we yearn for as uh, Philadelphia Eagles fans in, in the Delaware Valley? Isn't that perfect? Like to have a twelve and one team yeah. that is universally believed in is just not 
the Philadelphia way. No, I was talking about that, Mike. Yeah, I was, you know, there's this, uh, it's so ingrained to be underdogs. Uh, People don't realize when you're the front runners, at least uh, a lot of people in 12 and one, this doesn't happen a lot. It's second time in franchise history. The franchise has been around since 1933. They haven't been always been playing that many games, but it, it doesn't happen often. Um, this team is very good. I don't care about ESPN's football power index. I don't care about, you know, I work for Sports Illustrated, our buddy Connor Rohr. I don't care about his power rankings. Even P. Damo, friend of the show. 33rd team, his power rankings. I think Damas finally got the Eagles at number one, but that also doesn't matter. By the way, there's a lot of power rankings that do have the Eagles number one. Oh, yeah. And they don't matter. So, you know, pick and choose. Including mine, by the way. Including mine, which don't matter. Yeah. Pick and choose who you like, right? If, If you want somebody else, go to the next person. That's my sentiment. Yeah, I mean, listen, we spent – I was off yesterday. I'm off today, by the way, so uh, happy to be with you guys on my day off if I looked a little <laughs> bit more relaxed. If I look a little bit more relaxed today. Um, but Monday I was on, and, you know, the Eagles were so dominant in that game, there was not a lot to pontificate about. So people wanted to look at how close the Dallas game was, which to me, okay, but what does that mean? They beat Minnesota 40-3 to one week. They barely get by Houston. This is just another example of that game is compartmentalized here. They're past it. I still think that Dallas is probably the next best team, regardless of what they did on Sunday against the Houston Texans. I agree with that. On the NFC side, I think uh, – and I think San Francisco is even – San Francisco, yes. Um, <laughs> the only AFC team – that I think would be the problem would be Cincinnati. I, I think yeah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati is getting really a lot good. Of love today. They are playing well. They are playing really, really good football. Uh, and that's for down the road in Glendale. But I do have to ask you about Micah Parsons. Did you see uh, the Micah Parsons interview with Von Miller? Yeah. I thought it wasn't even – remotely disrespectful um am i wrong well it's a you know i don't know if you guys discussed or talked about the orlovsky comment he's made it now twice you know this isn't a slight on jalen hurts but this is the (laughs) easiest place to play quarterback Uh, they have the best receiver they have the best offensive line they have a top five tight end they have the best running game and oh by the way their defense is the best so anybody not anybody but he's his point is that this is an easy co- place to come play quarterback because the team is really good. So when the team is really good, are you slighting the quarterback by saying it's not him, it's the whole team? I don't know. Yeah, I don't buy it. Um, and I don't think Orlovsky was being disrespectful. I think he's just being honest. And I don't think that Michael Parsons was being disrespectful. I think he's being honest. I just hope that it doesn't show itself in the MVP voting. Because he's the MVP. I think part of what the MVP is, and some people may or may not agree with me on this, is what were the expectations coming into the season? A lot of awards go that way. That you have a starting point, and then as the season progresses, you see, well, you know, I should have had a different starting point because that person, that team's that much better. 
I would let that influence my vote a little bit on MVP. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And you had an evaluation of him, too, because you had taken Tyreek Hill out of the, the Kansas City mix. But did we know that A.J. Brown was going to fit like a glove? Did we know that Dallas Goddard was going to even get that much better? Do we know that Miles Sanders was going to have the best year of his career? I didn't know any of that. So I'm going to hold that against Jalen Hurts and not give him the MVP because, oh, my God, he's got so much help there in Philadelphia. Yeah. I wouldn't do that if I had a vote. Yeah, like it's hard because like it was brought up on Monday on our show, which is, okay, if you took A.J. Brown off this offense, is Jalen Hurts still having an MVP season? I I don't know. Um, My answer would probably be probably not. That doesn't mean the team wouldn't be good. They they went to the playoffs without A.J. Brown last year. But as you took Tyreek Hill away from Patrick Mahomes, and he is still – highly considered as an MVP. My opinion has been for a long time this year that that team is not all that good without Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I don't say all that good. They're probably about 500. They're starting to run the ball better now that Pacheco is their guy. Their defense is terrible. Um, They don't have a top flight. Now, I know you bring up um, the tight end, Kelsey, who's great, but they don't have that deep threat, that guy that can stretch the field. All of those things point towards Mahomes, but I think the way the Eagles are playing, that the fact that they just keep winning and that at most of these wins, he is at the height of why they're winning these games would make him one of the most unconventional MVP of all time and probably (laughs) deserving so. But to go back to like, is it the team? Is it him? I think it's a combination of he is playing so well within this team. But if you took Brown away from him, I don't know. Do we see a guy similar to last yeah. year? Well, the good news is you, you, you're you not taking Brown away from him. So that, that to me is, I don't know why everyone gets so angry. Like I could say Jalen Hurts, and I've said it on the show. I said it on your show for a number of weeks now. He's the MVP. That is not. Well, it's weird, uh, John. John, like last week, he has 217 yards, I think, and and like two touchdowns. That's not an MVP numeric game. Yeah. Well, for some people. But if you you bring in the rushing and the three touchdowns, and remember, he's not playing in the fourth quarter uh, for not the whole fourth quarter, but some of the fourth quarter because of another blowout. So that factors into it as well. But, I mean, to me, it's not mutually exclusive to say Jalen Hurts is the MVP and Patrick Mahomes, if they were in the same situation, the same exact situation, Patrick Mahomes is going to be better. Common sense to me. Um, you know, he's the best quarterback in football. What What's most positive about Jalen Hurts' development is that, that, as I said to our earlier guest, Mike Tanier, that list has gotten much smaller, though. The, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, you can argue, you know, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, maybe, whatever, whoever you want yeah. to throw out there. Before well, the season started, Mike, we were talking, is Jalen Hurts a top 15 quarterback, top half of the league quarterback? Could he ever get to be top 10? Yeah, he's top 10. Easy. He laughed oh, everybody. Yeah. That's the key part. Not that he's better than Patrick Mahomes. See, the difference is last year, this is what was in my head on Monday was, okay, is he making similar plays and that 
and this was my thought at the beginning of the year. People said, are they going to throw more? I said, I don't think they're going to throw more. It's just when they throw, the result will be better because yeah. they have better guys. So if you throw the ball last year and you're throwing the ball to Jalen Rager, he's probably not making the play that A.J. Brown's making. He's not making the – or Quez Watkins is now uh, – excuse me, Devontae Smith is now the second guy. So plays last year that you asked him to make, maybe he wasn't making because he had a better defender on him. But now this year he is, and the result of those plays are better. So was Hurts more accurate this year? Probably. Does he have better decision-making? Probably. But maybe he was making some of these same plays last year, but the result wasn't as good because the talent wasn't as good. So we it's hard to evaluate how much of a leap he has made in terms of decision-making, accuracy, arm strength, all of those quarterback intangibles because the guys making the plays for him are so much better. I mean, A.J. Brown goes up and just takes balls from guys. They didn't have a guy doing that last year. So how many of those plays did he not – get a touchdown on or get a big play on because he didn't have that guy helping him there. Yeah. I think the Eagles are making plays above and beyond AJ Brown. He's, he's the, the, the final piece, the domino that got it all going, but the other guys are making. Oh plays no, too. I'm saying, but last year, like I said, Smith is now making more plays because he has less attention. He couldn't make the same plays last year because he had more attention. And now Everybody has less attention. So Brown has so, so you So you're thinking A.J. Brown should be the MVP of the league? No, well, that's never going to happen. I mean, Tyreek Hill's numbers are ridiculous if we look at those things. But you know, wide receiver isn't going to be an MVP. But they can certainly, like Tua, if you watch him play Monday night, he has no business being in the Hall of Fame. He in the, was terrible. God, he was don't, a don't, don't disrespect two of the Jody, though. You're going to be Micah Parsons. I'm saying, but no, 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 no. I hate. I, I'm not afraid to admit when something yeah, he was terrible. doesn't yeah, match up with what I've been saying. Yeah. Tua was god awful Sunday he night. He was terrible Jody. Monday night, but he's in the MVP fringe. Well, he was. He was. Right. I'm, I'm not saying more. not, not even that performance. Yeah. But he was in the fringe. Because he has Tyreek Hill. So those things matter. Like, if you yeah. took Tyreek Hill off that team, what is Tua? I, I don't know. I don't know that he's a top. He's not in the MVP conversation. So then do we put wide receivers in a conversation? If we you're saying should. you have to look at every quarterback through the lens of who have they added as a star receiver, yeah. I, I, well, then why not just give the receivers the MVP instead of the quarterback? That's why you have offensive player of the year. And yeah. it's going to be probably Jefferson or Hill. That's, yeah, I'm not adverse to uh, that, but I, I can't – I mean, Jerry Rice had a year like what two, like what Tyreek Hill was on, like Jerry Rice paces uh, as of like a couple of weeks ago. I don't think he's still on that pace. And Jerry Rice didn't win the MVP. I mean, so they're just not voting for MVPs. But those guys have a huge factor in – somebody being an MVP candidate. There's no question about that. But I, I don't know. I guess I don't know why it's in, insulting. You know, everybody in football, you go into every locker room, you talk to every coach, it, they say the same thing. It's the ultimate team game. It's the ultimate team game. You got to have – the Eagles have a great team. Um, they have a great offensive line. They have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard's going to be back, Miles Sanders. Michael Parsons is champion. Yeah, I was say, John, you're a sounding a lot like Michael Parsons in yeah. describing the Eagles. Which is why I don't think it's disrespectful at all. That's <laughs> listen, the whole point. And, listen, and Jalen Hurts is a big part of it. He's he's the leader. He's the on-field leader. 
Well, look at look at guys like Tom Brady, for example. Tom Brady was really, 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 really good. And then he got Randy Moss, and he was really good. I mean, he threw 50 touchdowns because he had Randy Moss. He didn't yeah. throw 50 touchdowns without Randy Moss, but nobody said Tom Brady stunk. It's just that he was that much better with Randy Moss. I mean, Donovan McNabb, like, okay, a lot of people didn't like McNabb or whatever. He had terrible receivers, and then he got Terrell Owens, and he was the best quarterback in the league. I mean, so those guys are very, very helpful. Like, you know, McNabb was not the most accurate guy. He was a 58% passer. And then, voila, he got Terrell Owens, and he was over 60%. You know why? Because Owens caught everything. Those guys make you – your margin of error is less when the catch radius is more. And that's why, you know, all these guys around the league, you give them one of those guys and it's like, look at, look at ghosts going on right now. Do we think Aaron Rodgers can't play or does he have the three of us to throw to right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I remember watching the Minnesota Buffalo game. Remember how crazy that game was? Um, and I think it was a fourth and 19 Yeah, and I'm sitting to myself watching the game and I'm saying, well, you know, you got to throw it up and say, just throw it to Jefferson and see if he can make a play. And he made an Odell Beckham play, except it was better than Odell Beckham. And they go on to win the game. Yeah. I mean, it's not an insult to say it's funny to me. If Micah Parsons would say it's all Jalen hurts, it's all Jalen hurts. Everything else, the offensive line is overrated. A.J. Brown's not all that. Eagles fans would be incensed. Right. I, 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 I you know, everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they funny. have a great offense. They, so they, infrequently, so infrequently do we see a situation like Green Bay where there's a great quarterback and the team's not good. Generally, the quarterback is on a team that's good and that, you know, when you have the best quarterback, those teams at least make the playoffs. Like they're nine and seven uh, or 10 and seven or whatever record you want to be mediocre. What's mediocre in today's game. Now I was 17 games. Is it 10 and seven? Is it nine and eight? But Aaron Rodgers, like when you have a quarterback, that's the best and their team is not that good. Generally the quarterback is good enough to take that team to mediocrity, yeah. Yeah. right? He would elevate. He would elevate. He would elevate a bad team yeah. and make or an average team and make them good. Uh, and this is a rare instance where they have the best quarterback and the worst team. Um, but but most of these teams that have average quarterbacks that are playing at a pretty good level, well, I don't. Maybe, say that's, maybe that's a good question. So I'll throw it out to both you guys because for years, and I'm talking about in his prime. Aaron Rodgers would elevate everybody around him. Everybody around him. Now, I, I don't think he's able to do that any longer. The descent has started. Um, can Jalen Hurts elevate people around him? That, that to me, is an interesting question. I, I don't know if we know the answer. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think it's still to be determined. I, I'm not going to say can't. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say to this point, I can't point to an individual and go, oh, that guy's gotten better because he's playing with Jalen Hurts. Just hasn't happened. He's had two years in a league, so you need some yeah, time still early. to be able to uh, evaluate that. I, but I are we already there? I'm saying, there. so you're not there saying he's elevating. Well, part him. of that is, guys, I think anyway, maybe you guys disagree, is 
He doesn't have to elevate anybody. When they're not doing X, they go to Y, and they're good at that. They have the best offensive line in the league. He has all day to throw. He can. Somebody texted into my show the other day and made a great point. When the team tries to take away something, they do something else. And when they try to take that away, they go back to that. So many teams can't go back and forth. Oh, yeah. They can't run oh, the ball yeah. one Most week can. pass the Most ball next. We always talk about identities in football, identities. you got to have an identity. What's your identity offensively? The Eagles don't need one because they can do whatever the hell they want, which I think is even better. Our producer brings up a good point. I want to throw this out there real quick. He says Miles Sanders has gotten much better because of Hurts. Fair? Unfair? I don't buy that. Who said that? Tone, our producer. Oh, Miles Sanders has gotten has better. Gotten well, they, better. They, I think so. They, he's elevated Miles Sanders. I think that they just used him more. Like they've utilized him better. I don't know that he's gotten better. He was really good before. They just we kept saying they're not using him enough. What I think, like you could look at AJ Brown and say he's better here than he was in Tennessee, right? Is he though? He's pretty good in Tennessee. He's not this good. He made Ryan Tannehill look a hell of a lot better. He had a thousand yards. For two well, years, did he would Tannehill did he Tannehill, had a thousand for three years. If did Tannehill hold him back? Yeah. Been, oh yeah. So oh, could yeah. he have been better? So is Hurts elevating AJ Brown to an even better level? I'll tell you who's elevated Miles Sanders, Shane Steichen, because Miles saying. Sanders, Miles Sanders is actually rushing for less yards per carry this year than he did last year, yeah. but. Here's a plan. Why don't we give it to Miles inside the 10 and let him score a couple touchdowns? They never did that last yeah, year. Two years this ago, year Miles had got 10 touchdowns. Last year, he had none. That's two years the play ago, caller who's elevating him, not the quarterback. That's what I'm saying. They're using him more. They're using him better. Two years ago, Miles, remember, he had all these long runs. He had like 70 yard yeah, touchdown yeah. runs. And then the next run year, right. He's, a home run he's always had that like big play ability. But I agree with you, Jody. I think they're just – I don't know that Hurt – well, Hurts being a part well, of – Well, the RPO aspect. Right. I was it saying, opens Hertz, up everything in the running game. Hurts making the decisions, that is where he is the MVP definitively. He has been an elite decision maker on everything. Ryan Clark, I'll give ESPN's Ryan Clark credit on this. He has said this the other day. He said, the guy – has not had a bad game or a bad series or a yep. bad anything almost the entire season. He makes the right decision probably 98% of the plays this year. He makes the right decision of give it to Miles, take it myself, throw the ball, throw it to the right guy. I mean, it's he has so many things he needs to process in the moment, and he processes it right almost every single time. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. Yeah. He had that pick six he threw against Jacksonville, and he almost got uh, my lot of killed on the play. That's it. That's one. Every single time. one play oh, in 13 games is yeah. the only thing that I can tie, tie to. Well, what were you thinking on most, that one, Jalen? To mo The most impressive part to Jalen Hurts uh, this year, and I've asked Nick this and I've asked Shane this, uh, both of them, to make as many explosive plays as he does and not turn the football over. That usually doesn't happen. You see Josh yeah. Allen. You see all the explosive plays, but he makes some mistakes. He turns the football over. He's pressing the envelope. Jalen protecting the football while generating all those explosive plays, 
that's really, really impressive. The 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 other number that really would stand out is Hertz has three interceptions the whole year. One of them, by the way, was knocked off the receiver's hands, got tipped up in the air, but he has three. Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions on Sunday. Three all year long. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Protects the football. Jalen moved by him in the betting markets. All right, Mike, I got to run this one by. I asked it of uh, someone yesterday was here on Bird 36 if I was my WIP show last night. That's where it was. I had BLG on last night. On a scale of zero to 10, your worry meter for the game coming up against the Bears on Sunday, zero being, I I mockingly laugh at you, McDonald, for even bringing it up. 10 being, we can actually see your lip quiver here on Bird Street 65 because you're worried about facing off against the Bears. From zero to 10, where's your worry meter for the game on Sunday? Six? Six. Wow. This heck is nobody's talking about the Chicago Bears. We're not even talking about this team. There's 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 a multitude multitude of things. One, because – the game matters. It is high. Every week continues to be high importance. You cannot have a slip up. You cannot have what Dallas had last week, but lose that game. You cannot let an inferior team. Now you're on the road. Dallas was at home. You're in Chicago. They're a much different team at Chicago too. The kid fields can run. And one area where the Eagles have had some problems is stopping that quarterback. So if they're going to play defense and let the quarterback run around, this one's not going to run around and slide. He's going to run around with intent to finding that end zone. They have one weapon on that team, and it's the one weapon the Eagles have some problems with, and that's the quarterback running around, making plays. They're a better defense on the road. It's going to be like 20 degrees there. I mean, it's going to be whipping cold. These are the kind of games – that you're saying, ah, it's the Bears, they're 3-10, and 10. is my worry meter saying, oh, man, I think they're going to lose this game. Not necessarily, but my worry meter is they could, and you need it. You cannot lose this game going to Dallas on Christmas Eve. Can't happen. So no, the pressure no. the pressure mounts every week that the pre- until there's enough space and games left that they can't catch you, they're keeping the pressure on. Minnesota losing last week took a little of the thing. But this is about the division. This isn't about Minnesota right now. You've got to win this division. And to do so, you've got to win this game against Chicago. You do. Uh, and there is no room at this point to to slip up because Dallas is still on the schedule. Christmas Eve, by the way, third of three consecutive road games. Really, I've been talking about that since the schedule came out, Jody. That is a... Jody knows that is a difficult spot. I've been talking about it. Um, Sirianni won like his last 10 road games or something like that. Well, he's, you know, I joke since Shane Steichen took over the play calling in the Chargers game last year. Um, So since they lost that game, but then as you move forward, that was the first game. They've lost three times in the regular season since that game. I think they're 18 and three in the regular season since that game. And one, they didn't even try to win which was uh, the game late last season. So throw that out, and they're 18-2. That's how good this team has been. Chicago stinks. They have no talent. Uh, Pro Football Focus rates 13 different categories. 32nd in the league, Houston Texans, the team Dallas struggled with. 
31 in the league, Chicago. That was a nice Bears. shot. That was a nice shot. 31 Chicago Bears. Very similar to the Giants, who I think are 30th, by the way. Um, they just don't have enough horses. So even if the Eagles have a lull, even if they play poorly for a quarter, two quarters, this team just can't beat them. And that's what's most impressive about the Eagles to me. I've been looking for these lulls. I've been looking for these trap games. They don't fall into them. It's amazing. Yeah, this is not a Washington situation. Washington has some talent. They have McLaurin. Especially defensively. Yeah, they've got a great defense, and McLaurin can stretch the field. They can make plays with the receivers, their run game. The Giants can't make a play down the field. They just can't. The Bears, they can't make a play down the field. So I agree in that nature. Let me ask you guys a quick question about this. We talked about this on Monday. I don't know if you brought this up. If Philly wins this week and then beats Dallas, there's a potential that they could play the Saints, the Giants, have a bye week. Do they play guys? I mean, what happens in that? Right. Oh, we've been, we've been yeah, talking, we've talking about, about it for about weeks it. now here on Birds 365. Right. Yeah. We know like the Eagles' tendency is to pull the oars in from the boat. It's yeah. like a glorified preseason situation where that first playoff game potentially against Dallas, you wouldn't have had a meaningful game. It, not potentially against Dallas, most likely against Dallas. You would not have had a meaningful snap in Three weeks? Yeah, I don't think you can sit everybody. You have to play some guy. You have to keep everybody as sharp. You can't have the extra, essentially, all that bye week time. You have to play guys and keep them sharp. Um, but, you know, you could be judicious about it. You can play, you know, two quarters, depending how the game goes, three quarters, get them out of there. Uh, they've been doing that recently anyway because of blowout games. So, um I think you have to – now, week 18, I think you could see a Gardner Minshew situation. Uh, but I think you got to play up till uh, week 18. Uh, and then, you know, maybe maybe a preseason environment. A couple starters, a couple series, excuse me. Um, but you can't just sit somebody for a month, essentially. It's like yeah, a college had, bowl game. I guess we, colleges do it. We had Chris Franklin on earlier in the week, and I thought he he had a, a good game plan in place. First week against Saints, bye week. All the guys sit. Everybody sits. Nobody plays. Any of your star players, you don't even let them dress. You call up the entire practice squad. Second week against Dallas, you treat it as a preseason game. What Giant. used to be the third preseason Giant, yeah. game of the four preseason regular season, three quarters worth. Get them out at the end, but use it as a prep going forward after another bye week. I thought that was pretty interesting, and I I think it's something that the Eagles should consider. That yeah, you want to shut them all down for one week, fine, but that next week has to be almost uh, regular season like. Well, hey. remember with the preseason too, the preseason mentality. You don't have as many players, so certain guys got to play. You, you can only have a, a certain number. It's not like the preseason where you have these waves of players. So certain guys have to play. Yeah. Yeah. The um, Well, listen, again, going back to the Bears thing, if you beat the Bears and then, of course, you got to go on the road, that would be the third straight road game in a row to beat Dallas. And if you win that game on Christmas Eve, that would be a lot of decisions to make after that. But – this game on Sunday, you ask me, I say, what? I say six. 
Um, but it would be a 10 of disappointment if you lost this game. Oh, that'd be a that that'd be 11. That'd be a spinal tap 11. You got to go past 10. Hey, I don't care if you win 7-3. I mean, you just got to figure out a way to get out of there healthy and with a win. All right, so uh, 45 minutes in the book. What's going to be the score into the third quarter? Bears and Eagles on Sunday. Um... I think it's going to be closer than than because it's cold and it's nasty and the running. You know, I, I would say like I don't know, uh, twenty to six. Okay, well that's if you're up twenty that's, to six, that's, then comfortable. That's, that's then, comfortable. Then you shouldn't be at a six on the worry meter if you think it's going to yeah. be twenty to six after three. Well, I, if you run around in that fourth quarter, make you know a couple runs. Play yeah, that that that's what's probably going to happen. I've been talking about Jody's place. The over, what'd you put it at? Over under seventy five for Justin Fields. Yes, R- uh, running running, it, running yards. What's I think gonna he's going to be is, under. It's like I'll, a, I'll ask you both: over under one hundred and seventy five yard passing, because that's what the Eagles give up per game, which leads the National Football League. Jalen Hurts only throws for like a buck sixty per game. What do you think? Over under one hundred and seventy five yard passing for Fields. I'm going under that. Yeah, I'm going under. I'm going um, over that. I'm going against both of you guys on both of those. Uh, hey, last week, I Daniel Jones was over under 35. He didn't come close. You know, Tyrod Taylor actually led the team in, in rushing, rushing, rushing yards. Rushing oh, okay. yards. But yeah. I think I think Fields is going over 75 rushing. I think what's going to happen is it's like a 24-7 game, um, and then Fields – Pulls a rabbit out of his, you know what? Runs for sixty something yard touchdown, and everybody goes, "Oh, they're back in the game." I think it's going to be one of those things. Yeah, that's exactly how I'm saying. Like twenty to six, fourth quarter, he runs, extends a couple late drives. Three minutes left, they score to make it twenty to thirteen, and and it's not going to be that close. They're going to dominate the game. This team stinks on ice. Yeah, they're bad. It's going to be ice. Yeah, they don't have any weapons. Beware Cole Komet against the Eagles linebackers. And if I uh, gotta be if I gotta beware Cole Komet, I'm not at a six as Mike Gill is. I'm at a two. If I'm yeah. if, if, if I'm bewaring Cole Komet. I'm just just saying. Uh Mikey, good stuff. Always a pleasure, buddy. I uh, appreciate your taking me pimping you about the ESPN with the uh, uh, smile on my face that I did. Thank you much for jumping in with us today. Thanks, Mike. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the day. Oh, that's right. Off today. Uh, I'm back tomorrow. You got your your metal detector for the beach. You're going to go down and try and make some money? A little cold today for that, but uh, (laughs) I'm off today. I'm back tomorrow, and I'm off on Friday. That is Mike Gill from the Sports Bash down on the shore, uh, 97.3 ESPN. All right, uh, quick timeout, come back. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, going to put a ball on the show next. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. On the show, we are on Birds 365. Um, today is a walkthrough Wednesday, right, Johnny Mac? It is, yes, it is. So, you're going to get an estimated injury report? Is that the way it Correct. plays on walkthrough so Wednesday? Well, the big rest one is not coming until Thursday. That's again. Thursday. Fair enough. Uh, any surprises on the projected injury report you think this week? Um, trying to think. Uh, no, I mean, everybody knows Reed is not going to play this week. Well, they should know he's not going to play this week. Um, Aaron went on injured reserve. Lane Johnson, keep an eye on him with the uh, oblique injury. Um, Chiron Johnson, I think, had a shoulder, might have been. Um, but this is all... Um, Lane is probably the biggest one. And I expect him to start uh, Dallas Goddard's practice window today. There you uh, go. That, so. that's, that is certainly something to look forward to. Uh, Johnny, thanks. Good but, show today. Uh, real quick, he won't be on the injury report because he you don't have to put it. He's still on injury reserve. So they won't activate him till Saturday. So he won't be on the injury report. But they'll okay. start his practice window. But he can't walk through then. Oh, yeah, he can practice. They start the practice window. But when you're on injured reserve, you don't, you're not on the practice report. He's still on injured reserve. Right. Uh, but, so, they so they, but they do have to say we're opening his practice yes. window. They have and they to will make do that, that today. Yes. Understood. All right, uh, partner, have a good day. Well, let's do this again tomorrow. You in? Let's do it. McMullen and McDonald back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.